Bible prophecies foretell the establishment of a global religious system in the end time. And the leader of that entity will use his influence to cause the religions of the world to pledge allegiance to the end time world government. Well, we will discuss the ongoing fulfillment of this 2,000 year old prophecy on this edition of End of the Age. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Uh, we had a great meeting in Hearst, Texas this past week in a prophecy conference. My next one will be in Houston. And so in a couple weeks, look forward to joining uh, many of you down there in Houston. It's going to be a great conference. And I think we're going to have a Holy Ghost revival on Sunday morning. So it's going to be prophecy on Saturday night and a move of God on Sunday morning. So it's going to be a wonderful time. And it will be announced in the times and uh, specific dates and the, and the addresses and everything of that down there. Look forward to seeing you down there. Now, I, in my opening, I talked about a world religious system that will use the, their influence to get the followers to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his one world governing system. We're already way off into a world religious system, everybody. And the leaders of this are using their influence to cause their followers to worship, or I should say pledge allegiance to, at this point, the one world governing body. So let's talk about it. Recently, Pope Francis spoke at the, at the World Bank meeting. <clears throat> the message is called a message of Pope Francis to the World Bank Group and the International Monetary Fund. You say, well, what in the world is Pope Francis doing speaking to the World Bank Group and the International Monetary Fund? Both arms of the world government, the seat of world government on the earth today, the United Nations. What's Pope Francis doing there? Well, you'll see as I go along that he's using his influence currently to get his followers, or I should say, quote unquote, Christian followers, to get on board with looking towards the world government, a stronger system of world government to handle the crisis of the world, more than one. And so this is what we're going to talk about today because this is the ongoing fulfillment of a 2,000-year-old Bible prophecy. At this meeting of the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, Pope Francis has a, gives a speech. I'm going to give you a few excerpts from the speech. He says, and I quote, I am grateful for the kind invitation to address the participants in the World Bank Group and the International Monetary Fund 2021 Spring Meetings. In this past year, as a result of the COVID-19, now here he sets it up for the, the pandemic we're going through right now. So he's setting up the crisis. Here's the crisis, but he's going to give you the, um, the solution to this. 
in just a moment. He says, in the past year, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, our world has been forced to confront a series of grave interrelated socioeconomic, ecological, and political crises. He says, it is my hope that your discussions will contribute to a model of recovery capable of generating new, more inclusive, and sustainable solutions, remember that, to support the real economy, assisting individuals and communities to achieve their deepest aspirations, and this is a very important term, folks, the universal common good. Not the individual, but the common good. This is social justice, socialism speak. All for the common good. He goes on to say, while many countries are now consolidating individual recovery plans, we're talking about COVID-19 crisis. He said, there remains an urgent need. Listen at this terminology. There remains an urgent need for a global plan that can create new or regenerate existing institutions and particularly those of global governance and help to build a new network of international relations for advancing the integral human development of all peoples. Global government. This is what he's calling for. A world governing body. 2,000 years ago, the Bible says that a world religious system will be instituted and established and it will cause its followers to pledge allegiance to a world governing body. Now we have Pope Francis calling for, and he has, he's done this more than once, of a world governing body. He goes on to say, and I'm quoting, central to a just and integrated development is a profound appreciation of the essential objective of an end of all economic life, namely the universal common good. There it is again. He says, it follows that public money may never be disjoined from the public good and financial markets should be underpinned by laws and regulation aimed at ensuring that they truly work for the common good. He keeps hammering this common good, common good, common good. And while he's calling for a world government, everybody to look for a world government, we need to establish more world government to handle and um, as a solution to this COVID-19 pandemic. This is from the Vatican back on April 4th. Well, in his speech, Pope Francis goes on to discuss wealth redistribution. It's social justice. It's leaning towards socialism. And the world government is totally socialistic, you understand. And he says, and I'm quoting, nor can we overlook the kind of debt, the ecological debt that exists, especially between the global north and the south, we are, in fact, in debt to nature itself. Imagine a statement like that. We're in debt to nature, as well as the people and countries affected by human-induced ecological degradation and biodiversity lost. In this regard, Pope Francis says, I believe that the financial industry, which is distinguished by its great creativity, will prove capable of developing agile mechanisms for calculating this ecological debt so that developed countries can pay for it. He's talking about wealth redistribution here. Not only by significantly limiting their consumption and non-renewable energy, but by assisting poorer countries 
to enact policies and programs of sustainable development. He's fully bought into the sustainable development goals of the United Nations. But he goes on to say, but also by covering the cost of the innovation required for that purpose. And this kind of comes on the heels of his 2015 encyclical, Laudato C, where he called for a world governing body to, as a solution to the human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change pandemic, or I should say crisis. So in all of these different crises, what's the common denominator here? What's he pushing for? The socialistic principle of wealth redistribution and world government. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, volume one, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. Don't miss this special offer. Call now, 1-800-END-TIME, or go to endtime.com to order. Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study. We've seen Bible prophecy fulfilled like never before. From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith in the hearts of Christians around the world. We will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. So the world government, the common good, the ecological debt that the global north needs to pay to the south, wealth redistribution, these are socialistic in principle, you understand everybody. I mean, in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, Pope Francis is calling for a global plan that can create new or regenerate existing institutions, particularly those of global governance, and to help build a network of international relations for advancing the integral human development of all peoples. Calling for a world government. And then the socialistic principle of wealth redistribution. He also called for a world government to solve the so-called human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change crisis. So, 
this is the ongoing fulfillment of a 2,000-year-old Bible prophecy. The town hall, uh, they wrote an article um, a while back, Seven Reasons Socialism Will Make You Poorer Than Capitalism. And they talk about the common good. Capitalism in concert with human nature, while socialism works against it, capitalism works in concert with it. And uh, Ayn Rand, he said it well. He said, America's abundance was created not by the public sacrifices to the common good, but by the productive genius of free men who pursued their own individual personal interests and the making of their own private fortunes. They did not starve the people to pay for America's industrialization. So the common good leans towards socialism. Everybody give to the common good of everybody. There's nothing wrong with that if you do that voluntarily. But if the government demands that and it's a mandate for people, that's a big difference because then you're moving towards a totalitarian government, which is socialism, communism. And so we don't want that. That would cripple our economy uh, to the United States would only be a shell, if not less than that, than what we have become over the last couple hundred plus years. So let's talk about, in light of this, the Bible prophecy, and then we'll go through a few things that have happened over the last year or two to let you know that we're right here at the end of this thing. We're coming to a culmination here. Bible prophecies foretell the establishment of a global religious system in the end time. According to Scripture... The leader of this, it's be a very deceitful organization, even though it's quote unquote religious, it's going to be full of deception. It's going to have two objectives to unite the world's religions under one belief system of tolerance. Just, hey, everybody, let's just love each other. Everybody can go to heaven regardless of what you believe. And number two, to use the pious position of the religious leader to influence all adherents to align with and pledge allegiance to the prophesied end-time world government. Now, you're saying, are you saying that Pope Francis is the false prophet? No, I'm not. Not saying that. When the Antichrist is revealed, whoever the Pope is at that time will be the false prophet. I'm not saying that's Pope Francis, but a lot of the popes have called for a world-governing body, whether they knew what they were doing or not. And it's pointing us to the fulfillment of this Bible prophecy that we're talking about. Over time, events have confirmed what we who understand and systematically um, analyze Bible prophecy have known for years. This world religious system is in the latter stages of its formation. And the world's most recognized religious leader is beseeching the world to commit and adhere to the global governing efforts of the United Nations, the seat of the world government on the earth today. So who is the mastermind behind all of this? You say, well, is it the Pope? No. Is it the future Antichrist? No. Is it Angela Merkel, Emmanuel Macron, uh, Vladimir Putin? No. Revelation 13, the Bible provides a snapshot of Satan's plan to establish his kingdom on the earth in the end time. In Revelation 13, 1 through 8, it describes the one world government and the leader of that entity, the Antichrist. Revelation 13, 2 says this, and the dragon gave him his power, seat, and great authority. So the dragon 
who is the mastermind behind the current effort to govern the earth is Satan. The, the efforts to establish a world governing body in the earth today is driven by Satan himself. The Bible tells us that very clearly. It's Satan's effort to establish his physical kingdom on the earth. That's why there's so much propaganda, deception, lies, deceit. It's just horribly corrupt world government and government in general. And, but Revelation 12, 9 says that, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. So Revelation 13, 7 says, tell us uh, that it will be a world, it tells us it's going to be a world government. A power was given to him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. So this is a world governing body. That's not a good thing. If it were based on biblical principles then great, let's do it. And that's where the, that's what in the millennial reign, that's how God's kingdom will be ran, but not the current kingdom that's ran by deception and ulterior motives and agendas that are being pushed for the good of a few. And they don't care about the populace world government. Revelation 13, 11 through 15 goes on to describe the world religion and the leader of that entity referred to in Revelation nineteen twenty as the false prophet. Then Revelation 13, 16 through 18 describes the Antichrist economic system, which is going to be used to financially uh, force individuals into conformity, commonly referred to as the mark of the beast. It's going to be an economic sanctioning system. And all of this is driven by Satan himself. He's the mastermind behind all of this. So when we talk about the prophesied world religion, and I said that we're uh, watching the ongoing fulfillment of this prophecy, there's got to be a world religion established in the end time. That's happening right now. Jesus prophesied concerning the end time that religious leaders would deceive many with their false teachings. You remember on the Olivet Discourse, they asked Jesus, hey, what's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? What's it going to look like then? And Jesus answers them and says, take heed. The first words out of his mouth, take heed that no man deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, hey, I'm Christ. I'm a Christian. I'm a religious individual, but they shall deceive many. It's Matthew 24, 4 through 5. So deception will be the method used by the false prophet to create this one world religious system. Now, what's going to happen is, and I teach this in my lessons that we're doing at the conferences, that the Antichrist, the, the false prophet, when they both come to power, they will usurp authority over an already functioning world government and an already functioning world religious system. Those are being established now. That's what we're watching. And there will come a time when they, the Antichrist, the false prophet, will take control of these and use them for their, to build their kingdom for that final three and one half years. So although the world religion is mentioned in other scriptures, I want to focus on a particular prophecy found in Revelation 13, 11 through 15. I want to kind of to dissect that a little bit. 
The Bible says in Revelation 13, 11, and I beheld another beast. The first beast was the world government and the Antichrist. But John said, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb. He spake like a dragon. He exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and he causeth the earth. This is to be the goal of the false prophet. He causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship or pledge allegiance to the first beast, the world government and the Antichrist, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell upon the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the beast or not pledge allegiance to the Antichrist that they should be killed. So from these scriptures, we learn many things about the end time world government. In verse 11, it says he had two horns like a lamb and he spake like a dragon. So when we read about the lamb in scripture, most of us think Jesus Christ, right? The lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But remember, this individual is going to be very deceptive. This next beast, the Bible says, will look like a lamb. He's going to look religious. He's going to look like a Christian but he's going to speak like the dragon. He's going to have a very deceptive message. Remember the dragon is Satan. So the second beast is going to remember Jesus, or I should say, um, resemble Jesus, a, a religious leader, but he's going to speak like the devil, a message of great deception and lies, deceit. The leader of this world religious system, the false prophet will be the most recognized religious leader on the planet. Second, in verse 12, the Bible says, And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and he causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast. So the false prophet's ulterior motive will be to use his global influence to unite the religions of the world and then cause them to worship or pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his world governing system. You can see that happening right now. Number three, uh, in verse uh, 15, it divulges that the extreme measures the false prophet will use to coerce obedience to the Antichrist, it'll be persecution and eventually he will put some to death. And this political and religious persecution will occur during the final three and one half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. This is the time period known as the Great Tribulation. And although we have not entered that prophesied era of persecution yet, efforts are being made to unite the religions of the world and to align those organizations with the propaganda of the world government. You just heard Pope Francis, uh, some excerpts from his speech at the World Bank and the International Monetary Funds meeting where he called for a world government and principles of social uh, justice or socialism, wealth redistribution, the global north needs to pay our ecological debt to the south, underdeveloped nations. And it's all propaganda, everybody, because human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, is simply not happening. That's propaganda. 
So when we talk about uniting all religions, I'm going to give you just a little bit of history, something that's happened over the last uh, couple years, within the last couple years, because we're watching this happening right now, folks. You understand, 2,000-year-old prophecy coming to pass as we speak. We're in 2021. So the second coming of Jesus Christ, the battle of Armageddon, it can't be too far off. Because all of these prophecies are converging at the same time. And they're supposed to happen just a few years prior to the second coming and the battle of Armageddon. So if you need proof we're living in the end time, these are absolute proofs that you can talk to somebody about. And let them know, listen, we're in the end time. Are you ready to meet the Lord? He's going to come back very soon. You've got to get ready to meet him. It creates a sense of urgency, not fear, if you're ready to go. If you're not ready to go, yeah, you should be concerned about that, obviously. You need to get that taken care of. Be born again. Make sure your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. These prophecies are designed by God to create a sense of urgency, letting me know, hey, well, I'm, I'm almost close. I, I can't just live the rest of my life and die and leave money for my kids. And, uh, you know, that's what life's all about. No, 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 no. This is about making yourself ready to meet the Lord when he comes back, regardless if you're eight years old or if you're 80 years old. It's, it's very important, everybody. The Bible is full of prophecies and things concerning number one, the first coming of Jesus Christ, number two, his second coming. And they're designed to build our faith in the word of God, which is the only book that has the words to eternal life and prepare us for that soon second coming just in the not so distant future. Now, uniting all religions. Christians have about I'm going to say, quote, unquote, everybody that would consider themselves a Christian, about 2.3 billion followers on the earth today. Muslims, about 1.8 billion. Together, they make up over half of the world's population. And if you were going to start a global religious system, uh, let's say over the last couple years, why, why, why would you not start with these two religions? If you can get both of them on board, you got over half the world's population. So think about it, though, to unite these two diverse religions, it seems utterly impossible because Christians believe that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh and that he died on the cross to purchase our salvation. Muslims deny Jesus was God or that he died on the cross. And so that's the very essence of the Christian belief system is that number one, he that comes to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then our plan of salvation is Jesus Christ died, he was buried, and he rose again, and he purchased our plan of salvation for us to be with him someday. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, 
easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. So you'll remember that Jesus said in... John chapter three, that a man must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. He told Nicodemus, he said, marvel not that I say unto you, Nicodemus, except a man is born again, he can't enter the kingdom of God. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. Well, Muslims, Muslims do not believe in being born again at all. So imagine trying to unite these two. There's got to be a lot of compromises, right? I mean, if to devise a way to unite them would mean major compromises with the teachings of the Bible. I mean, the entire gospel message, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, is the good news, that, good news that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again. There's no Christian experience without that. There's no born-again experience without the belief in that. So... If a level of tolerance could be reached where Christians would believe and teach that Muslims are saved, what would that look like? Because that's actually been done over the last couple years. On February 4th of 2019, just what would be, just over two years ago now, the grand imam of Azhar, uh, Ahmed Al-Tayyib, he considered to be the most important imam in Sunni Islam, And Pope Francis, who claims to be the head of the Christian world, arrived in Abu Dhabi. They were hand in hand in a symbol of interfaith brotherhood. Pope Francis and the Grand Imam signed a historic document. You can read it. It's online. The Document for Human Fraternity for World Peace and Living Together. The text actually states this, and I'm quoting. It is a, uh, it is a document, document that invites all persons who have faith in God and faith in human fraternity to unite and work together so that it may serve as a guide for future generations to advance a culture of mutual respect in the awareness of the great divine grace that makes all human bro- beings uh, brothers and sisters. Well, that sounds great, doesn't it? Unless you know what they both, both sides believe. <laughs> and then it's kind of like, I don't, I die. How do you marry all this stuff? And the meeting and the document 
will uh, be viewed by many as two religious leaders uniting their followers in a call for peace. However, for those who understand Bible prophecy, it is so much more than that. What happened? Well, on the flight back from the United Arab Emirates, Pope Francis said that the document on human fraternity was a step, is a step forward, a step for that for Catholics is rooted in the Second Vatican Council. And he went on to say that the document was made in the spirit of Vatican II. So if at Vatican II, which was uh, 1962 to 65, the Catholic Church issued a document that called for a new era of interfaith relations. And that call, the, the call is very much alive today. In essence, the church no longer viewed itself in opposition to other faiths. The goal was to seek a common ground between the church and other religions. And this was an effort by the church to unite every religious entity. And the question is why though? The, the goal wasn't to bring religions together to salvation. And we know that because the church is declaring that these people are already saved. In, in, for instance, in the most recent Catholic catechism in 1994, it states that the Muslims are already saved. The, it says the church's relationship with the Muslims, the plan of salvation also includes those who acknowledge the creator in the first place, amongst whom are the Muslims. These profess to hold the faith of Abraham and together with us, they adore the one merciful God, mankind's judge on the last day. The topic three, section 841. You can look it up. So remember, Muslims denied Jesus was God or that he died on the cross. The true objective of the interfaith meetings and, and agreements like the document on human fraternity for world peace and living together is tolerance of all religions, uh, of all religious faiths in the spirit of Vatican II, right? Consider the two statements that are in the document that, they signed, that was signed between Pope Francis and the imam. Number one, it said, and I'm quoting, the pluralism and the diversity of religions are willed by God in his wisdom. The pluralism of religions is willed by God. Number two, therefore, the fact that people are forced to adhere to a certain religion or culture must be rejected. So teaching your kids that you can only go by the Bible to be saved, that belief has to be rejected. And the pluralism or more than one religious, there's, in other words, there's more than one way to be saved. That the pluralism of religions is willed by God. Well, that's diametrically opposed to the word of God, right? Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the father, but by me, Jesus Christ is it folks. You've got to go to heaven through him. Jesus Christ is the one that died for us. Nobody else on the planet that has ever lived or has ever been dreamed up has died for us, but Jesus Christ did. And that's how we're going to get to heaven through his blood that he shed on Calvary as an atonement for our sins, the Holy Ghost that he gives us, everything else. Only through Jesus Christ. I know there's a lot of people nowadays that are saying, oh, there's more than one way to get to heaven. No, no, don't ever believe that. There's only one way to get to heaven. And that's the Bible. The Bible's our roadmap. That's what we're going to go with. And so you got to be careful because there's a lot of deceptive messages running around. 
So the coexistence or tolerance of more than one religion or doctrine, that's diametrically opposed to the Bible. Again, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's John 14, 6. Paul taught that there is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all who is above all, through you all, through all, and in you all. That's Ephesians uh, 4, 5 through 6. Paul also told the church in uh, Galatia, but though we or an, other, uh, or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. That's uh, Galatians 1.8. God only approves of one belief system, and that is recorded in the Bible. He never has, nor will he ever condone the tolerance or coexistence of more than one religion. And as you can see, this meeting was not just about global peace among religions, right? It was just what Pope Francis said it was. It was a meeting held in the spirit of Vatican II. It was, it was another step forward in the ongoing fulfillment of the prophesied end time world religious system. You want to get a world, you want to have a world religion? You got to be able to sweep your doctrines under the rug so you can in, embrace other people as val, as a valid religion. I mean, let's just lay it all out on the table. Since the, the um, first of that year, Pope Francis ha, was very busy. This was uh, 2020. Not only was he, uh, had he been working, oh, this is 2019, I'm sorry. Not only had he been working to unite the religions of the world, but he, he was, had, was also using his influence to cause those religions to adhere to the mandates of the world government. Again, you say, some will say, well, Dave, you're saying that Pope Francis is the false prophet. I am not saying that. I'm saying that many of the popes have called for a world governing as, a body as well. However, there will come a time when one of them in this long line of popes will take control of the world religious system and be in total alliance with the Antichrist. And he will run the world government during that final three and a half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ in the battle of Armageddon. I am not saying that that is Pope Francis because I do not know that. Whoever the Pope is at the, when the Antichrist is revealed, that will be the false prophet. So the, let's, uh, so the United Nations, let's talk about the United Nations global governing master plan because this is what Pope Francis has been pushing for since pretty much since he got into office. But before I analyze Pope Francis's endorsement of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, because this is, remember back in the original part of my program when we talked about that the Pope was pushing um, sustainable development and things like that at his meeting with the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. He's been pushing, pushing, pushing the Sustainable Development Goals since they were adopted in 2015. He actually spoke at the meeting where they were adopted by all the nations of the planet. So this was back in 2019, and there was he's been endorsing, endorsing. So we've got to understand the deceptive ob, ob, object of this world governing plan, the Sustainable Development Goals. Listen to me, everybody. The Council for Inclusive Capitalism, the World um, Economic Forum, and a Great Reset, and 
um, the human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change propaganda, the um, Equality Act, the um, all of the different, uh, much of the abortion, all of this goes back to the Sustainable Development Goals. All of these huge crises, all of these things, they say, hey, to do this, we need to we need to implement the Sustainable Development Goals. We're doing this on the way towards implementing the Sustainable Development Goals. This is where it all goes back to. What is the Sustainable Development Goals? Well, they were unanimously adopted by 193 member states of the United Nations, including the United States, under the Obama administration back in 2015. The goals make up the international community's 15-year socialistic blueprint of global governance for every person on the planet. They're they're aptly named the Transforming Our World, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. And the goals, it's a universal policy agenda. And it's designed to convert the, the nations of the world into a global community governed by the United Nations. And the agenda, it's, com- it's comprised of 17 sustainable development goals. Under them, they have 169 specific targets they want to hit designed to manage the planet. And I say they're socialistic because the plan includes the socialistic principle of wealth redistribution, which is what part of what Pope Francis was talking about when he spoke to the World Bank International Monetary Fund meeting. And the goal, the plan actually states that uh, the, the reduction of inequality will only be possible under these sustainable development goals if wealth is shared and income inequality is addressed. Wealth redistribution, it's the, one of the main planks of socialism. And I also refer to these goals, this plan, um, as the, the global governance of every aspect of every person on the earth, since the plan actually says we commit to making fundamental changes in the way our, that our societies produce and consume goods and services. They want to control that. Governments, international organizations, the business sector and other non-state actors and individuals must contribute to changing unsustainable consumption and production patterns. This is the goal, what the United Nations is working on. They Originally, it was the Millennium Development Goals. Now it's the Sustainable Development Goals, Agenda 2030. And the ruse is that humans are using the Earth's resources at such a rate, this is why Uh, Pope Francis talks about the ecological debt that we owe. That that humans are using the earth's resources at such a a rate that nothing will be left for the future generations. And therefore, we should look to God to help us out, right? No. Therefore, they say we, we must look to the United Nations to establish a master plan to govern the earth's citizens. And when we get back, I'll tell you some of the things that it includes. They want to control your life. They want to control my life. And this is the ongoing fulfillment of a 2,000-year-old Bible prophecy coming to pass right before our very eyes, everyone. Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. 
On November the 12th, 2013, we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. So the United Nations, the seat of world government in the earth today, has a plan to govern you and to govern me, even United States citizens. And so in doing that, they've established a master plan to govern the earth's citizens. They believe that they should, if you study the sustainable development goals, they want to, in true socialistic form, redistribute the wealth of the world so everyone is considered equal. In other words, they want to steal from some and give it to others. Number two, they want to control the production and consumption of every person. Number three, they want to strive to achieve universal health care. You've heard that talked about among many politicians. We need universal health care. That's not going to be a good thing because if they can get in control of that, then they've got you. If, or imagine if the world government was in control of your health care. Number four, they want to control the climate, as crazy as that sounds. Number five, we need to manage our cities and infrastructure. Number six, govern the oceans. And number seven, govern the land usage along with all ecosystems, your land and my land. And folks, this is the sustainable development goals. This is world government. So think about the world government alliance. Remember, Bible prophecy foretells that the world's most recognized religious leader will fully support the world government and will lead other religions to adhere to its mandates in the end time. What they're really trying to do is to gather the, all the religions of the world and to say, hey, in times of crises, you don't look to your God or your deity or whoever it is you serve. You're going to look to the world government for the solutions here. That's what's going on. We need to look to the world government for the solution to our problems, not your deities. That's the whole reason for gathering the, the religions of the world together into this one world religious system. The Bible specifically says that the, he will cause his influence to get them to pledge allegiance to the world government, to look to the world government in times of crisis, not to God. I don't call on Jesus in the time of a crisis. They want me to look to a world government. We absolutely cannot do that. That would be idol worship. Cannot do that. That is of eternal consequence, folks. So number one, you better know your Bible going off into the end time. You've got to get involved in good Bible studies. Make sure you're sitting under good anointed men of God that will teach you the Bible and show you the way to make it because you do not want to get caught up in this. Uh, I tell people in the conferences that I go to um, and I talk to them about their pastor. If you have a pastor that you know will not move off of biblical foundational principles 
and move towards a world governing system and move into some of this interfaithism and all some of these, uh, these other things that are being taught, your pastor, whether you know it or not, is, has societal pressures now that are pushing him to tolerate things that are diametrically opposed to the word of God. I rub shoulders with pastors all the time. I know what I'm talking about. And your pastor, is there, he feels societal conditions. From what he's reading in the news, what's going on in his community, societal, um, societal conditioning to move off of things that the Bible teaches that he has to take a stand on as a man of God. He's feeling societal conditions to move off of that in, 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 the, uh, you know, in the guise of tolerance. Just be tolerant of people. But the Bible says no. This is wrong in the eyes of God, so your pastor needs to teach that. If you have a pastor that you know, in the face of all this societal conditioning and these peer pressures and everything, that will not move off of biblical foundational principles, I would super glue myself to the pews in that church. Because throughout the end time, the Bible says most of the world will go after this false religious system. And in the, in the, in the name of tolerance will just conform to a lot of this. But there will be men of God that stand in the face of all that and say, no, thus saith the, the word of God, and this is what we're going to preach. If you find a man of God like that, buy him dinner this Sunday. Show him how much you love him because God has put that shepherd over you. The Bible says, I will choose you pastors after mine own heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. If you've got a shepherd over you that will not, in the face of pressures from society, move off of the word of God, go up to him, give him a hug and say, man, I love you. Thank you. Because in the face of all this adversity, you are taking a stand. And I'm telling you, that's what God's looking for in the end time. Somebody who will take a stand and say, no, in love. We're not trying to hurt people. We're trying to love people. And if in loving them, you'll tell them the truth. (sighs) Man, I wish I had a pulpit. I would preach. Because this is where we're headed. There's coming a complete divide. God's going to come at a time. Revelation 18, 4. Come out of her, my people. All you that are sincere, you love God, you want to serve God, you've been taught your whole life, the Bible is it. And people start moving off of that, a lot of people will go with it. But those that stand true to the Word of God and preach the Word of God and live the Word of God all the way to the end, the Bible says, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. I'm sticking with the Word of God. That's my roadmap to heaven. And that's what we're going to go with. We're never going to move off of that. And God will be with us all the way through. And so I, I can't tolerate um, and, and I can't get in a pulpit and say, well, there, there might be more than one way to get to heaven. Maybe there's two or three or four. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father but by me and the words that I've taught you and the doctrine that I taught. Jesus' message was the gospel of the kingdom of God. When he sent his disciples to preach, he sent them to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. And guess what we preach in 2021? A, 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 an anointed man of God who preaches the truth 
will preach to you the gospel of the kingdom of God. You say, what's the gospel of the kingdom of God? The gospel of the kingdom of God is simply that the God of heaven is coming back before in the very near future to establish, to do away with human government, establish his government here on the earth. And let me show you the steps to be a part of that kingdom. The death, the burial, the resurrection, the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. How do you obey that gospel? It's very, very important, folks. We're talking eternal consequence here. You cannot get caught up in this world religious system in the end time. It's going to lead you down a very dark path that you do not want to go down. Because it's going to lead you away from the Bible. It's all based on tolerance. And let's just all get along and love. I want everybody to get along and I want to love everybody. But in the name of I can't give up biblical doctrine to say, well, the Bible says this, but we're going to say, you know, the Bible says that this is wrong, but we're going to really, you know, just because I want to get along with everybody, we're going to say it's all right. You can't do that. We're going to go with biblical doctrines because that's what's going to get us to heaven. Okay. I'm going to, I got a little bit of time left. I'm going to get back onto this, but and it's so critical, folks. You know, the reason I'm so passionate about this is because I talk to people all the time that are trying to move me off of biblical doctrines and say, well, you know, you guys are too dogmatic. You're too much of a, of a, relig- a Christian fundamentalist. Move off of that a little bit. You could have a, a, a larger following if you just move a little bit. You know what? I'm interested in teaching the truth. Because I want to get people to heaven. That's my goal, everybody. My goal, sitting behind this desk every day and doing television programs and writing the magazine and everything else, all of our conferences, the, all, everything we're doing in, in uh, overseas and everything we're involved in. My goal, I have an ulterior motive. Guess what? It's to get you to heaven. That's my goal. That's the goal of End Time Ministries. It always has been. Irvin Baxter was all about getting people to heaven. Uh, I had somebody come up to me at the meeting in Hearst, Texas the other night saying that End Time Ministries had changed this lady's life and that she had uh, gotten a lot of people in church and people were coming to church as a result of End Time Ministries. And I mean, I was just bubbling because that's what we are all about. Getting people to heaven. And she said because of Irvin Baxter's influence that she was involved. She had got a lot of other people involved. And a lot of people there were talking to me about how they were in church doing good, doing God's will, living for God because of the influence of end time ministries. Folks, that's all I need. If, if Knowing that we're winning souls and doing God's will. Man, I got to wrap this program up. So... Um, the, what's going on? So back in March 8th of 2019, Pope Francis affirmed the importance of this, the meeting of these sustainable development goals. He was speaking at the International Conference on Religions and the Sustainable Development Goals and listening to the cry of the earth and of the poor. You can go read these things. They're on the internet. The title is actually misleading. It should have been called the International Conference on the Religions and World Government because that's what it sounded like. But that would be too obvious, right? But during the Pope Francis' speech, 
he made several statements about uh, different religious traditions, including the Catholic tradition having embraced the objectives of the Sustainable Development Goals because they're the result of the global participatory process. And so what are we talking about here? I, I just want you to understand that there are, the Bible says, 2,000 years ago, that there would be a world, world government established just prior to, I mean, that it would be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. You understand where we're at. And that there would also be a world religious system that was in total alliance with, it's going to be a marriage of politics and religion. The Bible's very, very specific on this. And that they, the world religious system would be used to cause people to pledge allegiance to the world government. Uh, years ago, Robert Mueller, who was the assistant secretary general to several secretary generals, I think two or three of them, he was on the uh, end of the age, it was the politics and religion program at that time, uh, the radio program with Irvin Baxter. He told Irvin, he said, Irvin, we have taken this world government as far as we can politically. We've got to get the religions of the world on board. Because in, in times of crisis, they look to their own deities and things. We want them looking to the world government. He said, what we need is a united nations of religions so that the world, they will be all on board with this world governing body. And so when, I, when, I, when we talk about these things, it's fully documented that this thing has been happening for decades now. I mean, the first parliament of world religions happened back in 1893, well over 100 years ago. And they, when they have these things, the Parliament of World's Religions, they'll invite people that, uh, witches, warlocks, uh, Zoroastrians, I mean, you name it, people that believe all kinds of stuff. But they really don't care what you believe. It's just come one, come all, because they want you to support the world governing body. Folks, this is your 2000 year old prophecies they're coming to pass right before our very eyes and we want to make sure that you're educated on these things because these are some things that you cannot be a part of in the end time i want to say god bless each of you in your quest for truth make sure you know god's word and that you're studying it diligently This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.